AskNorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Beer Show with Chris Reavers and Mike Fratelloni. That's right, it's the Beer Show live on Score North and online. We are scorenorth.com. It's Chris Reavers, Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. He'll be back with us again next week. It's opening day, ladies and gentlemen. It's a national holiday, and uh, the Beer Show does not rest for anything. doesn't matter if it's Christmas, New Year's Eve, Thanksgiving, no major holidays, including my personal favorite day of the year, which is Major League Baseball's opening day. The beer show takes no rest for any of those. And uh, we are here live inside of the TCL broadcast studios. I was over at the ball game uh, earlier today. I literally caught the train to get back over here to come and do the beer show because that's my level of dedication. But uh, here we are live inside of the TCL broadcast studios. And we're going to start out with our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine and Spirits. Unfortunately, you're not dealing with Ryan. You're not dealing with Tom. You are sadly, ladies and gentlemen, dealing with Jim, and uh, Jim is here representing Elevated this evening. Wah, wah. Hey, Jim, how are you? Uh, I'd be better if you <laughs> didn't love, just trash I me love, as soon as I get here. I love setting you up to fail because you're 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 literally one of my favorite human beings alive. Oh well, thank so you. I like I like to. I wish because you know re- what you poke the bear. That's what you do. You just poke the bear. Because how many times? When I walk into Elevated, which is multiple times a week, but we'll keep and that we like that. We'll keep that going. Uh, but how many times do I bother you when I come to your work? Well, actually, Chris, never. It's never a bother. It's never a bother no, because you're, you're always my favorite there person and too. always, always there to help me. Because I always say, okay, here's what I need. I'm looking at X, Y, and Z. Fill up my cart and let's do business. That's that. That's my protocol when I walk into Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. And we make that happen. Exactly. Um, so every week on this show, um, we do a really cool thing, and we feature uh, a, a different and cool, unique brewery on the show during the segment every week. And uh, this week is no exception because you guys have a really, really cool collaboration that's in the works here. Yeah, we do. So basically we're like, okay, Ven... First off, Ven Brewing. What's is up? Here. Yep. Hey, we how's got, it going? Yeah. All right. So these guys here, they're our neighbors. They're about four blocks down on Hiawatha. Just down the street. Yep. And uh, so we're like, okay, finally we sell their crawlers. They do amazing. They're a great brewery, great friends. And they're coming on the beer show this week. And so we say to Kyle, Kyle, why don't we make a beer for the beer show? And Kyle's like, mmm. Sick. Yeah. And we're like, well, what kind of beer should we make? Mmm. Like, Tasty, hazy double IPA. Nice. So, I mean, that's what, you know, so that's where we are. That's where we're here, and we're talking about that. We're talking about the other great things of Ven, and, you know. All right, because uh, I was part of the pre-show show show in the green room or or earlier, I want to know all about Ven Brewing Company because there are going to be people that are tuning in right now that are going to be saying, wait a minute, I'm familiar with Elevated because they've been on this radio station for six-plus years now. But I have no idea what Ven Brewing Company is. 
So tell me about Vent Brewing Company. Yeah, we're a relatively small uh, taproom-oriented brewery in South Minneapolis. We're located right at the corner of 46th Street and Hiawatha Avenue, right at the light rail station. If you get off the light rail at the 46th Street station, our front door is probably 75 feet from the train, I would guess. Uh, Most of our sales outside of what we do at Elevated are at the (laughs) taproom. And uh, we focus on rotating beers all the time. Uh, you know, unlike a lot of the larger production facilities that have, uh, you know, four to eight core brands that they feature year round with some seasonals. Um, we're constantly changing things up. We have 13 taps that rotate all the time. And I think in the, fir- the first year that we were in operations, we brewed 130 different beers. Wow. And not so, one repeat, right? Uh, we started doing repeats after batch 100, so I discluded those from that number. Okay. So, uh, in the first year, we did like 150 batches, and maybe 20 of those were repeats. So, so I have a question. Yeah. And I'm just the ancillary piece of the beer industry. I'm just the the fan of the products that are being put out because I I I just like good beer. So when you are saying that you are taproom exclusive, or, or how did you phrase tap that? Taproom oriented. Taproom yep. oriented a brewery. Do you say that we are we are more solely focused on the beer in house, and we're yeah we're interested in the in the production and the mass production, but we're we're more solely focused on the people that make an effort to walk into our door. Well, I guess probably the easiest way to draw the analogy is instead of taking the Summit Brewing model or the Surly Brewing model, it's more of the Dangerous Man model. Perfect. So, yeah, okay. we, we do still distribute. We have a handful of draft accounts around town, First Draft, uh, Longfellow Grill, Sea Salt. Those guys have been really good to us, and we do distribute some crawlers, so we're different from Dangerous Man in that regard. Yep. You can find our beer outside of the taproom, whereas Dangerous Man is straight up taproom only or their growler shop only. But... In the grand scheme of the spectrum of things, we're closer to Dangerous Man than we are to Summit. Okay, so now I'm going to really put on my journalist hat. Did you see what I just did right Uh there? Why? I'm curious why, because I I like to know the nuts and bolts of the industry, because everybody has, and I hate using the word agenda, because that sounds that it's evil intended when it's not, but everybody has a different mission in life when it comes to what I want to ultimately become. Yeah. Why? Well, the honest answer is, when we opened, uh, you know, we had we formed the company a, a, a while before we opened, and it took us a while to get open. And the original intent was to do more of a, you know, modest, fair state, insight, distribution type model, uh, larger volumes of fewer beers. But we had a lot of struggles with real estate. And by the time we actually got open, the brewing market had changed quite a bit, and there wasn't a whole lot of room for you know, widely distributed beers. And, uh, it made, it made a lot of, a lot more sense to us at that point in time to make a taproom oriented. I mean, sure. the shelves that elevated are, are sagging with all of the options in the world. <laughs> and you know, every bar, every bar in the, in town has got, you know, every beer under the sun. It yeah. seems well, like that's so. not to say that you might not see more of an, down the road. No, Long yeah. Time no, for, who knows? You yeah, know, we're just kind of watching yeah. the market, man. You know, we got to, we want to make sure that if we're going to make a big entrance into the market, that there's going to be room for us as opposed to, yeah. you know, just hedging yeah. our bets on something we don't know. You know, and I think it helps too after a year of brewing too of in house, you get, you know, great feedback, right, from your customers, like firsthand. The majority of the people that are drinking your beer are right in front of you. Right. So, Absolutely, I mean, man. Yeah. And so how does that feel as a brewer to like be able to, 
Yeah, well, Ben, ben the, our, our brewer, is here with us, too, and uh, we, we learned a ton throughout the first year of just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck, and uh, I can proudly say that the vast majority of what we brewed was pretty good. There were some beers that Ben and I have been less than proud of, but... <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Um, you still drank them though, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. totally, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, uh, out of the, I think we dumped our first batch. It was like, I don't know, Ben, do you remember? Hundred, oh, yeah, mid teens, maybe. Yeah, something yeah. like that. One twenty, something like that. And the, there wasn't, you know, anything flagrantly wrong with the beer. It was just uh, uh, an attempt at a challenging recipe. It was a Belgian brown, which Ben and I had at. Uh, I mean, obviously their own style at bad weather, and we were just floored by how well they had executed it. We decided to give it a shot, and we didn't do it very well, and, <laughs> and we acknowledged that, and so we sent it down the drain, and nobody ever saw that beer. But otherwise, most of what we did worked out. But here's why I'm going to stick up for you, not and, and not knowing a ton about you guys, but most most breweries aren't going to do that. No. And I'm, and, and I'm not trying to indict anybody else. I'm saying... That's the consistent and the and the and, and the full right thinking of quality that you guys said no we can't we 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 can't do that we gotta get, we gotta get rid of that and a lot of breweries aren't gonna do that well I I, I don't know I give them the benefit of the doubt I think maybe it happens more often than people are aware of all right at least I hope so I know I have but I I'm, I'm I'm giving a tip of the cap to you guys I'll for saying it. that I'll take it yeah, dude. okay yeah <laughs> I'll take it man because right Jim I mean you know most. Most Go ahead, name dump. names. Let's no, name names. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Uh, but there's definitely, you know, especially on quality stuff, you know, right. when it comes down to actual problems with that beer, uh, technical side of the beer nerd brewer side, that yes, those uh, any brewery worth anything is going to be dumping that. But brewer, uh, breweries, when you already have cans made and ordered, you know, and all of a sudden a batch just doesn't, you're like, nah, beer's not that great. I mean, sometimes you don't have a choice. Totally, and you know, because there was nothing wrong with it. But I mean, you have what a five barrel system. I was just going to say that's one of one of the advantages that we've got is we have a seven barrel kit, and so if we make any mistakes, they're not catastrophic. Whereas some of these guys are looking at a sixty, you know, eighty, hundred and twenty barrel batch, and that's there's financial consequences to making a decision. When you like say that. a seven barrel kit, tell the listener what that means. Uh, we, every time we we brew beer, it's fourteen uh, fourteen kegs. Sure. So a, a standard keg like you'd see at a college kegger is a half barrel. Every mm -hmm. time we brew, we make 14 of them, which makes it a seven-barrel brew house. Yeah, and that's interesting to note. So uh, Venn Brewing Company is the guest here in the beer show, courtesy of Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. And uh, are we featuring two tastings this weekend, oh, Jim? Oh, yes, uh, we definitely are. Kyle, actually, I did not look at what times they are. I think I'm going to guess. Tomorrow. I'm going to guess it's Friday yep, tomorrow. from 5 to 7 p.m. Yep. at the South yep. Minneapolis location I know in Iowa that one. on it's, it's 42nd. And Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. at the White Bear Lake location. Sure. Kyle, See, is that right on your phone uh, over there? I can look real close, trying, <laughs> oh. to, trying to get to it. It's just kind of what I do best. And so, <laughs> Yes, that is on point. That what is you are right. going to do is you're going to get there, folks, and you're going to be able to sample. Here's what I love about this segment and this particular thing that we do every week on this show. You get to go there. You get to go to one of the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities, and then you get to sample great craft beer, and you get to do it for free. It's awesome. You can't beat it. And we'll be there drinking with you. So Right. Yeah, we're both going to be there, right? Yep. I'm there. Yep. Friday night, that's my that night. That might not be a selling point, Jim. But, <laughs> uh, for you. Right. But um, And then afterwards, you know, you come buy your beer, you can go right down the street or right down the light rail to Venn. 
and then try yeah. even more of them because we'll only have probably what five open. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. they'll have what thirteen on tap there too. But so 16. you got both right there. So one you stop. mentioned, by the way, in the earlier portion uh, of this of this segment that um, you know you were looking at real estate costs and and trying to feature solely on. Uh, just exclusively looking at the tap room, and that's what your main focus was going to be. And you mentioned real estate; real estate was part of that. Yet you picked South Minneapolis. Well, it was a no-brainer to be honest with you, dude. Uh, when we were in the you know in the middle of the real estate search, we opened Google Maps and typed in brewery, and guess where <laughs> there there was no one. <laughs> you know we that's did. a great point because. I know exactly where you guys are because you're on my path from elevated, you know, to my house. And I thought, man, there's nothing really. You guys kind of own that area. That well, and it's, ch- area. Uh, it's it's challenging because the the city of Minneapolis is not exactly, you know, conducive to opening breweries in certain neighborhoods. There's this five and seven, no! yeah, five <laughs> five and seven acre law, which is frankly kind of boring. But that's that's primarily the reason why there are no other breweries in Kingfield and. All these other, you know, south of Uptown, Tangletown, that whole area. You got to be on a seven acre plot. So if anybody else is going to open in South Minneapolis, they're going to be down by us along Hiawatha. What is the law? Basically, the handful of zones that breweries are allowed to open in, yep. you have to be on, and not just your plot, but you have to be on seven acres of it. So we're connected to a Walgreens across the street from us and a strip mall and some other stuff that comprises seven acres of, of commercial zoning. And that's, so if you go west of us towards the lakes, there are no plots that are seven acres in size. So no breweries are opening down there. What's the period. rationale behind that? I don't know. Government nonsense. Okay. So yeah. there there really isn't any rhyme or reason behind no, it. No, no. Just... And then that's only in Minneapolis. You go to St. Paul across the river, and I'm not, I'm not uh, endorsing like sure. St. Paul over Minneapolis. But even but if they, you go they don't south, have that rule. south of you guys, if you go to Bloomington. Totally. It doesn't exist anymore. It's a Minneapolis proper thing. Hmm, that's interesting. And that's why you see congestion in northeast Minneapolis, because there's huge plots of industrial zoning, you know, on either side of the Central Avenue corridor, and downtown has its own special little district that is exempt from all And deal. see, selfishly, these are the, the kind of little nuances that I like personally learning about, because I don't know. And, and and that's why I like to ask questions and put you on the spot completely sure. to make you feel severely uncomfortable. Uh, that makes answer. me feel intelligent. <laughs> what you talking about, man? <laughs> so let's let let's focus more on the beer. Uh let, let let's talk about the beer. A, uh the name of the beer that you guys brewed together. What what are we talking about here? Uh it's called a Hazy Day in the Neighborhood. All right, so you stop talking. I want to hear more about it. Sure, sure. Uh it is a <laughs> double dry hopped hazy IPA, double IPA. Yep. Um, and it's something we played around with for a long time. Kyle and I were both kind of against doing the hazy IPAs when we first Pretty started. Pretty avidly. Yep. Now, wait, let me stop you right there. <laughs> sure. Because I personally am a, and, and Jim knows this, I'm a huge fan of that style of beer because I'm one of those guys. But why were you against it? I, you know, I just didn't think that we saw a lot of examples around that were done correctly. Um, it, it's something, you know, the more and more we got into the science behind how it actually works, mm-hmm. the more excited we got about brewing them. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's something that we both enjoy drinking now. It, it's kind of grown on both of us. Absolutely. Yep. A lot of well, wait, wait. So you said, mm-hmm. uh, isn't the competitive brewer side of you saying, I'll make the best one. Yes, yeah, that was definitely part of it. We were just seeing uh, a lot of people, and, I, and I'm not accusing anybody locally, 
because there are people doing it from all over the place, but they were basically packaging yeast slurry and you'd pour out a can of beer and there would just be chunks of stuff in the bottom of them. Right. In order to maintain this haze that the haze craze. So and it's hard to it's hard to gain respect for a style when people are chasing it just because of the craze about it. Which is me completely. So yeah. that's fine. I don't I don't even care that you guys are making fun of me, but I I love understanding the science of it. So what is it about that particular style of beer that you think personally is is uh, gravitating towards such a mass wide audience of craft beer or maybe maybe it's even fringe craft beer drinkers? What do you attribute that to? Uh, I, I think it's just people's palates changing. Uh, you know, you had your West Coast IPAs that dominated the market for so long, which are so bitter, you know, so hop forward. You have these nice, you know, soft notes that come from yep. these beers now. I think people really enjoy that. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's just people's palates changing. Yeah, they're just more approachable, too. For people, there used to be, I mean, I don't like hops. Okay, well, then you're not going to have an IPA. Well, that's changed now. Totally. You know, oh, absolutely. you don't like West Coast, Chris. Look, that's not your style. Yeah, we'll get uh, you, dude. We'll uh, get I mean, you. Yeah. <laughs> that big resiny, that's too bitter for you. I know this. But that's the thing, because it's not the hops, it's the bitterness that I'm not a fan of. But yet, when, I, when I've been given, or excuse me, purchased a, a beer from, from Elevated, Jim said, try this, because I know your profile and yet it's it's not the hops that that's throwing me off it's the bitterness and that's why the hazy for me i've become a fan of and what's weird is double ipas because it's not as bitter as a really hop forward ipa well, that's not necessarily true. Yeah, I think you, in many yeah, cases, here I thought be. I was talking yeah. awesome. <laughs> I'm just spouting nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I think you're picking up on the, the increased amount of malt and the double IPAs. Damn it. Here I thought that's I was my guess to be a little more like a, balance, a yeah. sweetness. You like your sweet stuff. Maybe that's what it is. You like the sugars, and there's more sugars in double IPAs. Yeah, as, as exactly hey, this that, guy here. <laughs> in my midsection. Anyway, yeah. So, the, the, but that's the thing. I, I I find myself a fan of those styles of beer. And there's even more hops and new style beer, like in the hazy beers. Absolutely, there's than there are in those super bitter ones. Yep. Yeah, but I bitterness think, and hoppiness are two different things. Very different. Yeah. And why? Why is it that the common consumer of uh, even craft beer that that doesn't resonate with them? Why is that? I think it's just a, an educational thing. I mean, that's. I think it's probably one of the most misunderstood elements of beer is the difference between hoppiness and bitterness and people are certainly drawn to hoppiness there's no doubt about that any ipa is hoppy but not all of them are bitter sure sure it makes sense that's an easy way to so play. when when i come into elevated either the the white bear lake location or at your store in south minneapolis and someone is saying well i want to try some new ipas but i don't like anything hoppy what 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 typically is your response to that, Jim? Um, I'll ask what kind of beers they like. I'll say, you know, are you what do you like the more West Coast bittery, you know, resiny, or are you looking for the more pillowy, juicy, you know, or or in between? Because there's plenty of juicy beers too that aren't hazy. You know, a lot of those Odell beers that you like, mm -hmm. you know, they definitely are lower on the bitterness, but they're still a little. They're far more clear and a little bit lighter on the tongue and whatnot. Um, so you can just kind of feel it out. You ask what they like, and you, you know you get a. It's there's a very certain thing there that you can kind of figure out in people. And that's why I love you because you're lighter on the tongue. 
<laughs> That's Jim from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. My name I got is nothing. Chris Reavers. We are talking to Venn Brewing Company here on the Beer Show. Two tastings this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. It's a perfect opportunity to sample great quality craft beer, and you get to do it for free. Uh, in South Minneapolis at Hiawatha in 42nd from 5 to 7 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. And this Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. at the White Bear Lake location. And that's on Highway 61 and 4th Street in downtown White Bear Lake. And, of course, you can always go online, find more information at elevatedbws.com. They're all over social media at elevatedbws and at Elevated. WBL. This is Reavers, Mike Frataloni with Frataloni's Ace Harvard Garden Stores. He'll be back again with us next week. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Beer Show live on Score North and scorenorth.com. Mmm, beer. That's what I got. Hello, friends. It's the Beer Show here on Score North and online. We are scorenorth.com. It's Reavers, Mike Frataloni. With uh, Fred Aloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. He will be back with us again next week. We're going to get back to our featured guest here in a minute. But I do want to make mention that um, uh, the Brewers Ball is this coming Saturday at International Market Square. That's right, the 30th at 6 p.m. It's a, it's a really cool event and one that's near and dear to my heart. It's one of my favorite events of the year, all to benefit the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. And uh, I have a pair of tickets right now. To the first caller at 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. If you want to come hang out with us, I know that a lot of people that listen to this show have been a part of this event for, I think this is going to be our sixth year that we are doing it at International Market Square. And the thing that people need to know about the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is that um, they don't receive any government funding whatsoever. They do everything through what they call venture philanthropy, and they raise all of those funds uh, on their own because they don't receive any any government assistance whatsoever. And it's a really cool event. It's 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 a lot of fun. You get to sample incredible beer from all across the region. All of these people uh, just want to be a part of this event because it does so much good for so many people, and including so many young kids that live with this horrible, horrible disease, cystic fibrosis. And uh, I was I was brought into this family about six years ago, only because at that time my son had just been born, and uh, they were like. We want an MC, and I said, you've got me, because I was seeing these kids dealing with this horrific disease, and I said, I'm in. What do you need? And uh, I, I love this event. Again, this Saturday, International Market Square, and uh, the VIP tickets are awesome. Uh, you 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 get to sample all this great, great beer. You also get to have uh, D'Amico and Sons catering throughout the entire day. And all of it goes to benefit a great cause. And if you'd like to help out, or if you can't, it can't be there that day. Go to cff.org and uh, donate to the great cause. All right, let's go back to the task at hand. Uh, quoting Snoop Dogg, and it's uh, it's the middle of the weekly beer run. Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits is here, and uh, Ven Brewing Company. Who have we had Ven on the show before? Nope. I didn't, not. I didn't think so. Because well, I mean, we booked this a year out, and you guys are about a year and a half old. I was going to say, so. we're still babies. That's what, right, I didn't, right. I, that's what I thought. Okay, so here we are, and we're, and, we're, and we're talking about the collab that you guys did and the beer that we can find at the tasting this coming weekend. Yep. Uh, both locations. Both locations. And Go ahead, and take it we, away, Jim. We've, hold, we've actually been carrying Van Crowlers for, what, four or five months now? Yeah, I think even longer than that, man. Uh, uh, 
not too, I mean, it seems like yesterday, but uh, they do really well. And actually, White Bear, White Bear hadn't been carrying them just because it was such a neighborhood thing. Um, and actually, this last week in, you know, preparation for this beer show and that beer, uh, we're like, all right, well, let's introduce them up there. So you'll now be able to get Ven Brewing that far north, which is pretty sweet. And we've already gotten positive feedback about that from from folks saying thank you for coming to our. Oh, really? Yes. I, I haven't. I, I've been busy. I've yeah, no, been no. On the I, social mean, media. All, I don't we expect need... it to come from you, man. Yeah, it's all uh, good. <laughs> so let me ask you about um, packaging. Yeah. In, in general, because for me, I kind of look at the crowler as like, we're the cool kid, man. Do you want to hang out with the cool kids? Because the crowler is the cool kid, or or do you want to do you want to be a bottle? Do you want to be a 12 ounce bottle? <laughs> Seriously, though, because I look at the crawler like, hey, I, I, I have a crawler and I'm here to share with a, two or three of my buddies. Or if you're a lush like me, I'm going to drink this whole thing myself. But I look at the crawler as like the cool kid on the block. It's certainly the signature of the small brewery. Is I that mean, what it is? Okay, absolutely, cool. dude. Okay. I mean, if we had 100 grand for a canning line. You wouldn't be seeing crawlers from this. <laughs> or if you had another, what, 2,000 square feet, which... Yeah, that's either, well, that's hey, come, hey, let's not... Come on, dude. <laughs> Blow the belt there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but why, I guess, is, is, it, is, it, is it a cost standpoint, or is it you want to control the, 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 the quality with the quantity? No. It's, why is that? It's just, a, I mean, it's a matter of limitation for what we're working with, um, you know, it's, these are every single one of these are hand filled. Um, there's no automation to it. There's two or three people filling crawlers on any given week, you know, on a weekday for distribution. And, uh, it, it's a very hands-on process. It's, sure. it's, it's as humble as it gets as far as distribution goes. And, uh, it's pretty much the only option for a brewery, the size of us and, and many others too. I mean, uh, I, I think that there's some credit due to the dudes at junkyard that, sort of paved the way for it. Um, yeah, they brought it back. Like, yeah. you were seeing, you know, maybe three, four years ago, some guys were launching with crawlers. And I think there was, you know, some of the maintenance on those machines, whatever, there was a lot of leakers. And I think people hadn't really experienced, had enough experience with them as using them as a package distributed form. In the past, it was like, all right, just like a growler. They're like, all right, I got three, four, five days, you know. And so as they kind of went through, they realized, you know, you got to treat that machine a little differently, you know, yep. and I think these breweries have figured that out. And, you know, Junkyard definitely, which hopefully we'll get them on the show someday. I don't know. I know we're trying. But Junkyard, um, yeah, that when their stuff came out and went wildly popular, all of a sudden, crawlers were cool again. Yep. And, you know, and now... You and know, it, it paved a way for small breweries like yep. us to to get, you know, it's basically the only opportunity we have to get beer anywhere outside the taproom. Without them, there would be no way. Our brewing our brewing system size is too small. The mobile canning guys require, you know, a 15-barrel minimum in order to set up a temporary mobile canning line and run them off. And you also have to have the cans in stock, which we don't have space for. It's all these things. I mean, if you guys, have, if anybody comes to our taproom, you'll see, uh, if you were to ask for a brewery tour, you can basically get one from the bar. You can see the whole thing. There's, sure. n- there's nowhere to put anything. Sure. So if I'm... If I'm the consumer, Jim, and I'm walking into one of your two stores that elevated, and am I turned off by the crawler? If I'm if I'm the non craft beer person, because I'm not. I I love crawlers because they're the perfect shareable. It's like 
did I just equate you guys to Lunchables? Um, <laughs> but but they're the perfect shareable uh, a quantity of something that like either I've had and I want other people to try or I haven't had and I want to try. I mean, there is a certain consumer um, and and that definitely goes to that. I mean, they'll buy anything in a crawler. That's just their thing. They've, maybe it reminds them of being at the brewery. And since it's South Minneapolis and we don't have many breweries, they're like, oh, all right, well, I'll just buy more crawlers. Sure. We sell a lot of crawlers. Sure. Um, I don't. I haven't heard anyone being necessarily turned off uh, because of the f- the form of the crawlers is so hands on um, to make sure you have quality beer. I mean, some people, you know, are like they'll look at it as one can of beer. Other people look at it like you do as uh, sharing. You know, you open this up, you know, and you can pour a bunch for even four people to have a you know decent taste of that beer. And the other cool thing is then you can move on to three more beers, much like you're at, you know, you were talking earlier about pouring only two ounces of something. Right. It's great for that. It is great for sharing and whatever. And so I think as people learn that, you know, the it, it's good, you know, and I, I haven't seen any huge resistance, but just understanding what it is and why it costs what it does. But so. it also, I think per- perfectly kind of speaks to craft beer where it looks like it's, it's, it's into individualistic in that, you kind of get you get it marked, you get it labeled. I just think I've always been a fan. Yeah, this is Kyle's handwriting. Yeah, right? yeah. pretty much, man. They, did, they are done literally by hand. He did 180 of these things on Tuesday. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, yesterday. Uh, you fill it up and then do this thing, whatever, and that's 180. Yeah. So if you if you go to either, and this ele- is the owner and brewer. I was gonna say if you go to either elevated location and by one of these crawlers it was filled and labeled by me and delivered by me personally so you're almost like one of the guys one of the players at twins fest when you've got the long line of people and you're signing autographs and you're like oh my god i've been sitting here for two hours oh yeah it was brutal dude <laughs> it's brutal There's, i mean it's the most inefficient way to put beer in a package but you love it don't you no it's, it's, a it's the only way it. it's the way <laughs> and then because lo- of it we get I great lo- beer I, I love the i love the package and the format and the opportunity but the actual act of filling them is, oh my it, god is, somebody get him a canning line <laughs> yeah, seriously well at the very least there's beer to be had while you're doing it all right so, so let's shift back to worse. the tap room because i uh, we, we've we've kind of drifted here a little bit but i do want to talk about the beers you know we we've we've talked about the the hazy hazy dry help me what's the name of the hazy day in the neighborhood neighborhood. i knew it would start with the d think of uh it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood hazy Hazy day in the neighborhood there are neighborhood all right so hazy day in the neighborhood is that's the song you should have played earlier not your heavy (laughs) whatever song you wanted okay i'm sorry jim so hazy day in the neighborhood is the is the collab that you guys are featuring but what else if i were to walk into ven brewing company what else am i going to be subjected to and have the chance to try we we try to have something across the board that any person who walks into our brewery can have something that's approachable to them. So, What's your lightest beer? Well, you that's know, a you, real thing. You dude. do get some of that. Um, yeah, we try to do you know, you know a range of styles from you know Mexican beers to British beers, really? to American beers. Um, we, cool. we we try to have a lot of different. You know, variation in styles that we're doing, and it keeps it interesting for Kyle and I when we're brewing. As did well. you do that because that's what has been asked of you, or did you do that because you wanted to brew those various styles of beer? That was the plan going into it. Kyle yep. and I, when we sat down uh, and talked about you know the business plan, how we were going to brew, it was something that both of us wanted to do. It you know it keeps things interesting for both of us. We're we're not getting bored brewing different styles all the time. Liar. 
No, it's the truth, man. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. No, I, the the tagline of the company is local craft, global flavor. We try That's and cool. represent Belgium, Germany, the U.S., the U.K., and and keep it real. I mean, there, you know, from a sales standpoint, you sort of have to serve the demand for IPAs, and that is clearly what people want. But we really try and respect the balance um, of diversity and ma- and maintain these less popular styles that I, I think eventually the beer drinking public will come back around they to have it. some killer lagers if you like the lighter lagers and like some of the ipls and stuff i mean you guys kill it i think Thanks, if, it, if it were up to kyle and i we would be brewing german beers 100 percent. yes so <laughs> when you say that you want it and i'm putting words in your mouth uh, mouths but when you say you want to span the globe are you doing that because you're fans of those styles of beer or is it because you're in south minneapolis you have a wide diverse audience of various beer drinkers from across the globe or is it a combination of both i think it has to be a combination of both you know it's something that we want to do because it keeps it interesting for us we enjoy brewing those styles but there you know like i said there's going to be somebody who comes in from every walk of life that wants a certain style of beer we want to be able to provide that yep totally and you know as, as much as the consumer sort of generically wants ipa uh one of the things i appreciate most about beer is the inherent diversity in it you know why i don't mean to like dog on the wine folks but wine is and this is going to demonstrate my ignorance red or white mm, no uh, <laughs> i'm a wine guy okay let me clarify let me clarify you're, them you're, you're, you're in control it. you can hold go on ahead. jim you're an everything guy <laughs> um yeah my grandpa used to say uh <laughs> if you can't uh blind them with uh brilliance uh baffle them with Everything. Oh my God. <laughs> he self edited. So I'm going to continue. Sorry. Sorry, dude. I love you, Jim. Uh, so, yes, it's obviously more diverse than red or white. That's a gross generalization, but the subtleties are what create the diversity, right? And then you get into the spirits world, and there's a little bit more diversity, especially when you get into cocktails and all of the things you're capable of doing with. But beer, in and of itself, without being mixed with anything, yep. is the most diverse of the alcoholic realm. So, so there's, 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 basically infinite opportunity for you to do cool things with. And I would love to see winemakers doing more with grapes and infusions and stuff like that. <laughs> I realize it's never going to happen. So as, as this guy smirks at me from across the table. I drink <laughs> a lot more beer than wine, though. Don't as worry. a brewer or as a beer, you know, uh, 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 an owner of a, of a brewery, do you have to be cognizant of spirits and buying and growing trends that are that are existing there well, because i think i find anything, that part fascinating it's in it's inspiration frankly more than anything why you, you look at cocktails and all the cool things they're doing with cocktails yeah that that that's inspiring for what you can do with beer i'd love to see more of that in in the wine world um you know but like for instance i'm, I'm gonna bring up something completely random but i i'll never forget this uh a couple of years ago we had uh, someone on that was talking about the explosion of whiskey, attributing it to the female demographic was all in now on whiskey. And I, I have no idea why, if it was, oh, it's not as fattening as beer or whatever, whatever the reasons were, I'm, I'm not trying to generalize, but saying that now women, more women are drinking whiskey than ever before. So trends and things like that obviously affect you guys, either at Elevated or you guys at the Venn Brewing Company, those things affect you. Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, all, all right, right. All right. Okay. All right. Dynamite question, Reavers. Um, but but how? But then when you see that, what what do you do to either combat that, or is that just something that you just take note of personally? Um, man, I mean, because I know uh, that's a loaded question, but, but but at the same time, you guys always have to kind of balance all of that, whether it's. This or uh, Spike Seltzers, all these things that you have to constantly play into yeah. your everyday programming. Well, and again, I think it comes back to the beauty and the diversity of beer. Um, I don't spend a lot of time behind the bar at Venn, but when I do, um, it's relatively easy to tap into the person that I'm talking to. And I can tell to some extent if they're a wine drinker or a spirits person. And they're, you know, I don't like mean to draw an analogy of like the trifecta of the alcohol realm but um generally speaking the wine drinkers gravitate towards fruited sours because there's acidity and fruity notes sure. and Definitely. and there are and there are parallels uh, again to the uh, you know at least barrel aged spirits you get into the darker darker beers and a lot of the time they have bourbon and vanilla notes oak notes that you might find so you can tie them all together they're all kind of related and anybody who comes into the tap room and says i don't really like beer just doesn't know what kind of beer they like yet. Yep, really. I agree with that. I, I I completely agree with that. All right. So if people are hearing this, they want to find out more information about you guys at Venn Brewing, your styles of beer, taproom hours, location, all of that stuff, everything's available online? Absolutely. Venbrewing.com. And what should I try when I walk in outside of Hazy, hazy, hazy Day? In IPA. the neighborhood. Hazy day in Damn the neighborhood. <laughs> Hazy day in the neighborhood. When I walk into Venn Brewing, what should, what else should I try? Uh, it depends when you come. Because if you come today, there's X set of beers. And if you come two weeks from now, the entire menu might be totally different. Damn it. You're going to make me work that hard. It's that's sorry, dude. That's tough, the I truth. Uh, during the summer, we sometimes change over five beers a week. No. That's, that's way too much work. Although I'm, I'm willing to that's accept That's what that. makes it fun, man. And that's that's the <laughs> I mean, challenge I'm willing to accept. It, it, it does result in me and Ben staring at each other a lot and trying to a figure lot, out what lot. we're going to brew. Sure. Yeah, Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you very much. much Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Welcome to the welcome to the Beer Show family and continued success. And uh, you guys know that we always have your back. Cheers. Thanks, dude. Much appreciated. Uh, and this weekend, we're going to taste uh, all of these beers at both, mini- or both elevated locations. That is true, Mr. Reavers. Yeah. Talk to me about it, sir. Uh, so we got tastings, uh, like we always do. Uh, Friday night, 5 to 7 in Minneapolis, 4135 Hiawatha. And then, uh, you know, on 3 to 5, was it? Yep, yeah, 3, three to, to 5, 5 in White Bear Lake. White and Bear Lake. Uh, right downtown there, and I can't even remember. The, see, I, that's why I that's that's not 61, my job. See, Highway 61 and 4th Street in downtown White Bear Lake. I told you I had a rough day, man. You really I, did. I, I, opening day was opening day was hard on you, wasn't it? Uh, it was work. Yeah. I mean, Ryan was trying to talk to me at like one, and he's like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I, I'm done. It's just been a rough week. I'm sorry. So I'm not going to remember any address." Okay, so I will finish this part. Yes, can you? No. So it's uh, Highway 61 and Forster in downtown White Bear Lake, and that will be taking place this Saturday from from three to five p.m. <laughs> and uh, this from. Tomorrow, 5 to 7 p.m. in uh, South Minneapolis at Hiawatha and 42nd. Jim, thank you, I think, pretty much for uh, coming in. Today. I'm working on you actually disliking <laughs> me and not wanting me on the air. No. This is, you know, that's what I'm working on. No, for. you know, I love you very much. Ah, so nice. if you want more information, by the way, go online and visit the beer show page that you can find online 
at scorenorth.com. Also, check out Elevated's uh, Facebook page. Check out their Twitter account because they do a fantastic job of highlighting great, not only local, but great craft beer all throughout the country. And they do it because they are the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities. They they do it better than anybody else. And when you walk into one of their two locations, they're going to take care of you, even if you ask a dumb question like Reavers does every other week when he goes in there. So we'll be right back. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation here coming up about the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation's uh, Brewers Ball coming up this Saturday at International Market Square. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Beer Show here on Score North and online. We are scorenorth.com. It's Reavers, and it's that time of the year again, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe it's just a couple of days away, but the sixth annual Brewers Ball is this Saturday, March 30th at International Market Square. I've had the pleasure of emceeing this event for each one of the years now, and uh, Chuck Richards is here. Chuck is the development manager for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Chuck, thanks for coming in today, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. So, uh, I, I say candidly that I've had the pleasure to do this for six years, but it, but it's truly one of my favorite events of the entire year because it combines so many of my favorite things, most notably beer, which is why you're on this show. But it's such a cool endeavor, and the mission that you guys have uh, at the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, you know, I, I, I was brought into this mix six years ago to, to do this event and, and just becoming part of the CF family, I always get asked, you know, what's your connection to CF? Do you have a relative? I don't have one. And I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate that I don't have one, but you know, Matt, your, your friend, Matt brought me in at the perfect time because I was a brand new father and just seeing kids being affected by this disease. And I thought, how can I say no to this? It's so for me personally, I, I, I'm always honored by the fact that you guys reach out and, and want me to be a part of this every year. And it's 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 truly an honor to be a part of CF. Well, I got to tell you, we are so grateful for your support. And to hear you say that you can come on and get involved with our mission yeah. without having that connection. That's what it's all about for yeah. us. And meeting the families and stuff over the years, too. It's just seeing not not just and heartbreak, I don't like using the word heartbreak because everyone and every family that's involved, it's fight. You know, they they wanna they wanna beat this. They wanna they wanna find any means necessary. And it's it's guys that are my age that have kids that are my kids' age that are that are going through this. And I make it a point to try to just connect with them. You know, I wanna know about their kids and 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 seeing them go through this, it's it's tough on me and I can't even imagine what it's like being a parent with a child that's affected by CF. I can't imagine it either. I work with a lot of families who live with cystic fibrosis every single day, and it takes up an unbelievable amount of time Mm -hmm. between therapies, hospital visits, being sick, fighting off infections. It's an incredibly arduous battle. Walk us through kind of the history of, of of the Minnesota chapter, the Minneapolis chapter of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, kind of where you guys, you know, because you, you, the thing I love about you guys, it's a, it's a grassroots effort. You know, you guys don't get any government funding whatsoever to help in your mission. And that's one of the things that I love about what you guys are doing. You're doing this all on your own. That's exactly right. Yeah, like you mentioned, we do not get public funding And it's such a small community, relatively speaking. Worldwide, we have about 70,000 patients and 30,000 people with CF living in the United States. So what that means, like you said, we do not get government funding. And this all happens from people living with cystic fibrosis. Mm -hmm. So on top of all the time they spend fighting off the disease and all the preventative care, 
uh, they do fundraise on top of all of that. And so we rely so heavily on the people living with the, the disease. And that's why it's so important for us to reach out to the community, get them involved with our events. And that's what Brewers Ball is all about, inviting people from the local community to come out, drink beer, have fun, and hopefully donate some money in support uh, of our mission, which is to find a cure for cystic fibrosis. International Market Square this Saturday, March 30th. The uh, The VIP begins at 6 p.m. and then general admission is at 6.30 this year, correct? Correct. It's 6.30 this year. Uh, D'Amico and Sons is catering the event once again. They've been uh, willing supporters of this event for, for a couple of years now. They're fantastic people to work with. Uh, the silent auction will begin, I believe, would that also start at 6 o'clock with the VIP? That is correct. And then, then that runs through 9 o'clock, so there's a chance to not only be a part of this event, ha- sample great beer, but then you can walk away with something cool and all in support of the Cystic Fibrosis uh, Foundation. It's venture philanthropy, if, I, if I've got that word right, which is really the one, the phrase that's stuck out with me over these years. And what I love, too, about this event specifically is you, the brewers are like, yeah, we'll be there. Because they all just yes. want to be there and all want to hang out with each other for a really, really cool cause, which is which is pretty unique given the fact that we have so many beer events throughout the year that all of these guys, who I've gotten the chance to know in doing the show these last couple of years, they're all like, hell yeah, we want to go hang out and, and, and do it all for a great cause. Absolutely. Like you, I don't have a cystic fibrosis connection. I came in for the job looking to find something that I could do, charitable work, get involved with the local community, and... Yeah, it's just like you. When you learn about this mission and all how people are affected by cystic fibrosis, how devastating of a disease this has been, there's no choice but to stay on board, continue the fight. And when we reach out and get breweries involved and mm-hmm. they hear our story and our mission, they connect with it so quickly and they relate to it in their own way. And it's amazing the support that we've found in this local community. We're so grateful for the brewers, for the support uh, of every single brewery that continues to join us over the years. And uh, we can't do it without this community. And uh, ticket information, uh, Chuck. Chuck Richards, by the way, is here. He's the development manager of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, the Minneapolis chapter. Uh, people are hearing this. They're like, well, yeah, how do, how do I get tickets? How do we, do we direct them right to the website? That's right. The, oh boy. <laughs> Just go, in fact, it's it's super easy. We have a link right now on the beer show page online at scorenorth.com. Just click on down to the main page there. It'll, it'll redirect you to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. You can purchase your tickets uh, right there online. We're also going to do a giveaway here at the end of this interview. If people want to come and hang out, uh, we're going to give away a pair of VIP passes at the end of this particular segment. So back to, back to the mission with CF. Um, I know that the life expectancy for someone that was that has been diagnosed with CF 25 years ago wasn't very good, and now it's 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 amazing to see kind of leaps and bounds the progress that you guys are making right now. T- tell the listener about the kind of the life life expectancy change from just a couple of years ago to where it is now in 2019. Yeah, I think to really appreciate the change of the landscape, you have to go back to the 1960s. And in in the 1960s, if you had a child born with cystic fibrosis, the doctor would tell you to love your child as much as you can. They're likely not to see their grade school days. So, you know, to flash forward to the 1990s, there were some new treatments that were uh, invented. And that was that extended life expectancy into the 20s, about early 20s. And here we are uh, 25 years later, 30 years later, 
and we have modulator therapies. I won't get too complicated, sure. With, but uh, these drugs that are available now, they actually correct the flaw on the genetic level, and they potentially allow people's uh, to to experience life expectancy into their seventies. That's an amazing breakthrough. Wow, it's incredible. We've and now our battle is honestly to find effective modulator therapies that work for all of our community because we have so many different mutations of the cystic fibrosis gene that it's our job to find effective therapies for each of those genetic mutations. So the drug that we had a miracle breakthrough five to six years ago called Kaleidico, that drug was for about 8% of our population. We have drugs that are in the final phases of clinical trials that we expect to be available to 90% of our population that have similar results to Kaleidico. So yeah. we're, we expect massive shifts in life expectancy. That is amazing. And this is, this is a recent breakthrough, correct? This is in development. We wow. are in the final phases of our clinical trials. And again, this wouldn't have happened without events like the Brewer's Ball or other events just similar like this all throughout the country. That's how you guys get to this point. That's correct. We have 70 chapters across the United States, and every single one of those chapters is putting on beer events, fundraising walks, all kinds of things that we can do to get creative to raise funds. This, like you said, this grassroots effort has led to millions and billions of dollars raised, and that's how we're doing it. We're paying for these for the research. And these results are all a product of community fundraising. So we're incredibly grateful for everybody's support. And I don't want to put words into your mouth, but one of the things that I've learned in, in being partners with you guys through this, through this event these last handful of years is one of the reasons, because I get a lot of inquiries more about, you know, how can I help? How can I help donate? I can't make it to the Brewer's Ball. And one of the reasons why you guys aren't able to get any government funding is that they basically look at you and say, well, there's not enough people that we can make money off of from a pharmaceutical standpoint. It's not worth our time to get involved. If that's, I'm, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but that's that's what I glean from the outside looking in. That's the gist of it. There's some antiquated language called orphan disease that, from a public standpoint, we don't have a large enough population to receive that funding. Which is which is so unfortunate. But 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 again, it didn't stop you guys. It did not stop us. We continue the fight, and honestly, we're really excited about these breakthroughs. But we're not excited until we're not going to be really that excited yep. until we've found a hundred percent. Like I mentioned, we have over a thousand different genetic mutations. It's our job to find an effective therapy for every single one of those patients. And then once we've developed those therapies, we're in this for a one-time cure. We want, we're investing heavily in genetic, um, genetic editing research. And our mission is to have somebody walk into a clinic with cystic fibrosis and walk out of a clinic without cystic fibrosis. That's amazing. So, Chuck, uh, again, this Saturday, March 30th, uh, VIP at International Market Square. It's the sixth annual Brewer's Ball, all to benefit the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. VIP begins at 6 p.m., general admission at 6.30, uh, silent auction till 9. D'Amico and Sons is catering the event once again this year. It's a fantastic event, ladies and gentlemen, and I know people that listen to not only this show, but the show that I do in podcast form now, Garage Logic, which was on this radio station for 
many decades has all all of those people that have listened to those shows have always been wonderful supporters of this event and we can't thank you all enough and if people want to maybe aren't if they're not able to uh, make it to the event or donate that way are you is there a way that they can help donate um, in any other means online absolutely just like you mentioned visit our webpage you can google Minnesota Brewers ball we have a donate link on the landing page it's very easy and we welcome your support in any amount that you're willing to give you did awesome, man. We'll see you on Saturday. All right. Thanks so much, Chris. There we'll he goes. Uh, Chuck Richards with the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. And once again, you can check out my Twitter feed, my Facebook page, and also go to the Beer Show page online at scorenorth.com. And we'll see you this Saturday for the sixth annual Brewers Ball to benefit the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. We'll be right back.